0: Thank you guys so much for tuning in once again to Red Pill Cartel. Uh, this is... I'll just keep this pretty brief. This is part two of the, uh, downfall of, uh, Western civilization via the music industry with Matt from the Great Deception podcast and Old Scary World. Uh, we go a little bit deeper. Uh, I'm probably gonna make this, like, a bi-monthly thing if possible. If not, maybe once a month, uh where we get a little, little bit more into just entertainment in general and how it affects uh negatively and positively mostly negatively uh uh western civilization. So uh with that being said, you know what to do, kick back, crack a beer, smoke a dude, do what you got to do and enjoy the show.
1: And welcome to another Part two episode of the Great Deception podcast with my good friends, Old Scary World and Davey Wavy. How's it going, gentlemen?
0: Good. Fantastic, man.
1: Thanks for coming back. Tonight, we got another good one, guys. We got uh, part two of the music discussion that we were going into last time. And where we left off last time, I believe we were um, just starting to get into some of the Satanic ritual abuse and uh, and we were going to go down and, and start looking a little bit into the 27 Club and, and into really how the CIA and uh, had their ties in not only, you know, creating bands, uh, drug trade and, and using the music industry a, a, as a front, uh, not only for money laundering, but uh, many nefarious activities
0: And not only creating bands, Matt, but uh, also uh, creating their demise.
1: Oh, without a doubt. The demise
0: of like, not just the bands, but like the the front men or whatever, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, And that's the thing. Like, you know, and, and the crazy part about it is they're like, oh, they just used to do it then. No, it still goes on today. Absolutely in, in without a doubt. And when I uh, you know, one of my early episodes was a mind control episode and you know, one of the things I got and I was, it was based off my Disney episode. So I was kind of flowing out of Disney, but still tying Disney to mind control and music. Cause you look within the, you know, the transition from the Disney Mickey mouse club into the music industry You see all of the signs of mind control in them and all the symbolism and, and, you know, any of these artists, especially nowadays that get big, and and I'm sure we'll get into this, you'll see them present all of the signs to tell you that they are playing the game
0: for sure you thought zeppelin was bad back in the day
1: (laughs) yeah i (laughs) mean all these
0: rappers now man You look at rihanna
1: rihanna has done every single one right you look in them all the monarchies from the beta sex kitten to the one eye to the you know illuminati hand signs and different poses and you know you think about what she went through with chris brown and that whole scenario i mean it's it's just like the, and, and they just do it artist after artist, you know, Britney Spears, Christine, uh, Christina Aguilera, uh, you know, um, Gaga. Yeah. It just go, everything. goes, everything goes on and on and on. And, and it goes back to post-World War II, you know, and that's where it really starts getting, you know, infiltrated and, and, turned basically on a 180 and it went from music was something for entertainment and something to you know in, in many ways to heal people um but it was turned you know aside from the frequency being changed in some music to uh just the the overall tone of the music the messaging of the music turned severely in the you know 50s into the 60s
0: Right. Have, either of you guys heard of the song, uh, I think it was recorded in the 30s, or it could be earlier than that, called Gloomy Sunday.
2: Yeah, that's that uh, Hungarian song that supposedly gets people to kill themselves. <laughs>
0: yeah, I listened to it a few times. It's a beautiful song, actually, but it's full of yeah. grief and shit like that. Yeah. I was kind of scared to listen to it initially because I read stories about it.
1: Just take like, away what? your belt and shoe aces. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. No sharp no, objects a, around while you're a, listening.
0: It's a really I, nice song. I like it.
2: I think there's probably some country western songs that are a little bit more depressing than that one.
0: Yeah, as a tear in my beer, said Hank Williams. Yeah,
2: something like that. <laughs> uh, one, one of those one of those kinds of songs would probably be, or even like... Um, you know some of the old folk songs or something like that but i think that that hungarian song was it called gloomy sunday yeah yeah i think uh you know maybe a few people did it was like a coincidence and it just kind of turned into like an urban legend maybe
0: probably yeah
2: but uh matt was mentioning uh the disney and i i thought of another one was justin timberlake
1: yep
0: oh he and was part of the uh the uh,
2: Mickey Mouse Club, yeah. Oh, movie. yeah, and then
1: Miley Cyrus is another oh. one. Oh, yeah, because Han- oh, uh, Hannah Montana, yep. Well, dude, the funny thing, it.
0: she does the tongue thing all the time. Well, yeah. and the
1: funny thing about the whole Hannah Montana scenario was it was, it was, she was you know, split personality right from the start, she was two different people, um, and her, her symbol was the butterfly. But like monarch yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and that's the whole breaking and splitting of personalities that the, the whole monarch mind control and it was you know to a t and and it played out not only it, it seems like in the show but in real life as well of course well, it's all just
0: coincidence
2: though right guys of course yeah and and how they achieve how they achieve that uh that brain splitting uh is pretty disturbing as far as um They'll, they'll be very nice and very rewarding and, um, you know, uh, positive reinforcement. And then they'll do the exact opposite. They'll put them in a dark room and abuse them. And um, and then they'll take them out of the room. And then it's
1: just... Oh, yeah, there's, they never... there's actually a... I, I went over this in my, uh, my episode, Scary. And there's actually a 12... They call it the 12 steps to brainwashing. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: shit. Does that coincide with... Uh the 12 step program.
1: <laughs> oh, no, this, this is like terrified submission, you know, willful compliance, Stockholm syndrome, uh, mm-hmm. you know, religious indoctrination, brainwashing through social influence, brainwashing through deprivation of basic needs. You know, I mean, yeah. it's just evil shit. And then it gets then- into the, the really stuff like spiritual programming and psychic driving and you know mm-hmm. all these heavy like psychological and then, then you get into the you know the trauma based uh coercion you know and that's yeah. that's where it gets really really dark and you can
2: you can obviously break somebody down like that and, and create um you know a slave but how they get the the celebrities to keep performing and keep acting somewhat normal is like I said they do the bad stuff but then they also do the exact opposite, which is to treat them very not, and that's what creates the brain split. In other words, you could you could abuse somebody and treat them very poorly, twenty four hours a day,
0: hard them greatly.
1: Yeah, but, but when you but they yeah. get to go out on that stage and there's thirty thousand people cheering and screaming for them. You know that's their yeah. reward. They'll they and they'll go through it right, and they get paid good money. They get to travel all over the world, but yeah. you are under lock and key for the most part. Yeah,
0: you going to go into that satanic ritual room where you get mm-hmm. fucked over like crazy by like multiple people.
1: Well, hey, a little off John topic. I, Look at John
0: Podesta be... and fucking Chester Bennington, man.
1: Well, yeah, you know, that's, that's a ugh, creepy. Fuck. Eerie lookalike. Sorry, go ahead, Matt. No, I was going to say along the lines of this weird satanic whole thing, you guys know of the Black Eye Club, right? hmm yeah well I, I was watching something recently and they were talking about the black the way that they inject uh i, I don't know whether it's alien or reptilian that worm contained yeah into you is through your eye and that's what happens and they're saying that that you know they were trying some of the guy was trying to tie the black eye club with basically these people have been you know essentially they're borderline reptiles
0: i saw that as well
1: and i was like whoa that's wild yeah that, you know that's I, just... I
0: saw that i saw that worm thing like a while ago and i'm like what the fuck is this right and then i saw like that how that guy was trying to tie it in with like the uh reptilian eyes and shit i'm like holy shit dude
1: mm-hmm. yeah but it, it but that all goes into this whole thing of control right and that's what we start seeing post-world war ii is you see this the cia just explodes and 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 is has their hands in every industry and one of the industries that they severely impacted was the music industry um and for anyone that's not really aware if you go back and look at you know a lot of the major bands in the 60s and 70s they were created they were, you know, they, some of them weren't even really musicians. They didn't write their music. Uh, you know, I mean, Jim Morrison's a crazy case study in himself. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at who his father is, you look at, you know, how supposedly he w- didn't even play music and then all of a sudden was able to pick it up and write, le- write songs and, uh, and then he became the Lizard King which Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Always, you know, nowadays that rubs me a very, you know, it's an interesting thing. And he, you know, he's the lizard King and
0: Mr. uh, Mojo rising.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that whole, that whole Jim Morrison thing is a wild story. You know, those who don't know his father was a uh, involved in the Gulf of Tonkin incident, which Mm -hmm. ended up being a false flag. That He was like a Navy
0: captain, right?
1: Yeah. He was high ranking in the Navy. And uh, then, you know, just so happens his son becomes a famous musician and you'll see that with a lot of these uh, musicians and a lot of the actors as well that you start looking and you see their connections and they're either connected to military, they're connected to the three letter agencies, or their parents are high in in corporate or uh, government. You know, it's not you or I that are making it big in Hollywood. That whole rags to riches story is a right. lot of bullshit. I it's mean, all lot, those, yeah. all those stories we've been fed, you know, 90. 90- we talk
0: about uh, Ed Sheeran being like a buster on the street playing guitar. And then all of a sudden he's like this massive celebrity. That's, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know really anything about him. I wonder if there's a, a story to him because, How's a busker going to get that fucking famous, you know?
1: Yeah, and, I mean, obviously, there's some that slip through the cracks, right? There there are some, a few of those stories. But the ones that they really put out to you, most of the time end up being bullshit.
0: But I've, I've seen better than Ed Sheeran. You know what I mean? Buskers. Well, that's the thing with
1: music. <laughs> that's the thing with music. And it comes back to, you know... <clears throat> How do these certain bands get, or why do these certain bands get pushed? Because you can go down on the local scene and find bands. Some of these, you know, there's some bands out there that never get past the local level. That if they had the right promotion, are better than what's out there. In like mainstream. a
0: thousand times better yeah. than whoever, right? Yeah. You know, whether
1: it's technically, whether it's you know from their lyrical standpoint, whether it's from a you know performing standpoint, they're they're better, but they just never get their shot and it's again like everything it's a small club and and to get into it you know it's not easy and you know a lot of it has to do with who you know who you're related to and then what are you willing to do who you blow yeah Yeah, what are you willing to do (laughs) right yeah
2: and that's yeah exactly and that's the thing you i was uh gonna say when you were talking about the disney thing was the disney uh corporation used to be like a clearinghouse for talent yeah in other words They were like gatekeepers. They were the feeders, yeah. Yeah, and they were like the recruiters, (coughs) and uh, so was uh, Ed McMahon with, uh, what was that, Star Search? Yep. Remember in the 80s? That's how Britney Spears, that was her first television appearance, was on Star Search. So she was on Star Search, and she was just a little girl, and she sang and whatever, and she had a voice. Maybe there was nothing nefarious at that juncture in her life, but then I think what happened was Disney watches or was watching um, Star Search and then that's how they found talent. And Ryan Gosling was on Star Search as well. And then he got picked up by the uh, by the Mickey Mouse Club. Uh, and then he was more of an actor than a musician, but he is a musician too. But Ryan anyways, Gosling
0: was Mickey Mouse Club.
2: Yep. Yeah. But, but before he was Mickey, before he was Mickey Mouse Club, he was on Star Search, and that's I think that's how Disney found him. So, anyways, we fast we fast forward to two thousand and two, or not two thousand two, two thousand twenty two now. Um, And I think they watch YouTube. I think they watch TikTok and they send certain people offers and they say, okay, we know, we understand you have 5 million followers on TikTok and you have 10 million subscribers on YouTube. That's really good. That's really great. But do you want to step up to the big boys table? And do you want to be a, you know, do do you want to be backed by Hollywood? And the great thing, and this is the beautiful thing, is that a lot of people are saying, no, I got this far on my own. I'm fine. Thank you very much. I don't want to sign a contract with anybody except for myself.
1: Well, soul game. And that's why my, my favorite artists nowadays are all independent. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't listen to many label artists anymore.
2: And here's, and here's the other beautiful thing. They can't shut down the platform that enables self-promotion because it's part of the machine now. In other words, they can't shut down YouTube. Yep. They can't shut down Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or Twitter or any of those things that people can or, use. Or the
1: internet in general, right? You can have your own right. web page.
2: Exactly. It's all about getting your own organic traffic. You don't have to rely on their astroturf fake promotion bullshit. I know people who are great musicians and they're falling for that. I know people who are struggling with self-promotion and they'll pay these agencies to give uh, fake publicity, but it actually doesn't go anywhere because it's not connected to the top.
1: Well, and those are bot views, right? Those aren't real. It's not, it's it's not real energy. And that's what that's what people don't understand about this. And in, in order to, to have a real homegrown roots effort, you have to have a connection with people. And, mm-hmm. and 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 just to get numbers, especially empty numbers, that doesn't translate into dollars in the long run. And, and that's yeah. what a lot of these up and coming people nowadays don't realize. They're like you said, they're willing to pay for these fake numbers to, for the appearance of it, but in the in the yeah. long run, it's going to backfire on them.
2: Well, it's yeah. also it's fake. It's also fake promotion of their music. In other words, it's like they say that they're promoters and they say they can get you, you know, these uh, uh, celebrity endorsement. And they'll actually—it's kind of like uh, you guys they have it for
1: podcasts. Gary, it's crazy.
2: Mm-hmm. You, you heard a? Have you heard a camo?
1: Yeah, I think. It's,
2: and it's like you get celebrities to so
1: like say happy birthday and all that stuff. Yeah, like, it's cameo. Uh, yep.
2: Yeah, cameo. So. You can a musician can do that they can actually pay known musicians so we'll, we'll use heavy metal as an example so you, they'll actually pay uh celebrity musicians to promote nobody bands but it doesn't actually go anywhere because the nobody band doesn't have an organic following
1: exactly so they, think,
2: they think oh i'm getting a shout out and it's like it doesn't do anything because the people who are into say if it's the guy uh, i don't know i'll just use an example say it's a, some guy from system of a down or something like that well yeah all the system of a down fans are gonna see this promotion but then they go to the, the other person the nobody uh band and they go well i don't really like this so it doesn't it doesn't work because you're not reaching your actual organic demographic. Right. and so how the satanic you know um industry thrived in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and even up until just maybe 10 years ago was they were the ones who controlled mtv they controlled uh what is it clear nation what's the big radio um clear channel clear channel Channel, you know and they were the gatekeepers here's here's the truth and this i hope that you know there's any aspiring musicians listening to this podcast is you don't need the satanic uh gatekeepers anymore what you need is you need genuine talent and you need to be uh personable and you don't need to play shows and i touched i, I touched on that the last podcast but it's it's really important because their whole thing is crumbling and you see that And i want to talk about the neil young and spotify thing okay neil young didn't pull his music you know he um he doesn't own his music so he couldn't have pulled it
1: well he only owns half of it right
2: yeah, but he doesn't own the publishing rights. So the publishing rights include Spotify. So he didn't really pull his music. He came on as a spokesman for a decision that Hypnosis made, which is the company that owns his music, which and is owned echoes, by
1: Blackstone.
2: Right. Yeah. So he's it's just it's an illusion and it's um you know, they're going after Joe Rogan because they got him saying the n-word now. Yeah. But they already
1: knew That's- that he said that. Oh yeah. They,
2: they save that. They put that in their back pocket and said, "Oh, we'll, we'll use that. Ag- we'll use that against them at the right time." So you see this, this double attack. You, you see it coming from people like Neil Young and Joni Mitchell and a few other musicians saying, "Oh, we're not going. We're going to take our music off Spotify, and you guys should all cancel your subscriptions to hurt them." You know, in the in the bottom line. But what it really is is it's an attack on Joe Rogan because not because of who Joe Rogan is, but because it shows that there's competition. And other, it shows people that they could get to that level, and you literally just you don't need to be a part of it anymore. But people, um, they 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 keep going along with the illusion, and they think that they're not going to be revered, and they might not be like a household name, but they could make a good living without selling out. And selling out's fine when you do it for yourself, but when you do the the black eye club, and you know, I think the black eye club, if you want to take it down a notch and not turn into a, a worm thing or reptilian thing is just simply it's a masonic ritual that you get punched in the face it's a humiliation ritual like you have to go out in public with it like you've got to get a picture of it
1: interesting you know like
2: because we know that they have black eyes so that means that they went outside it's like they could have just as easily covered it up with makeup or not gone outside until it healed why do they go out with that why do they go out it seems like they actually go out of their way to get photographed
1: oh without a doubt yeah it's par- that it's part of the, and, and yeah. they have a boot on their ankle that's the other mm. thing whenever they break mm. their ankle mm. or break their leg they always are, are, are photographed with a boot on a cast
2: yeah i remember <laughs> that that was going around a lot in like 2016 2017 mm-hmm. the boot cl- the boot club yeah the and politicians
1: people- breaking their ankles and stuff
2: yeah, and people were saying that it had something to do with uh, like house arrest or something.
0: Oh, yeah, like having an ankle bracelet
2: on. Yeah, but I think it's actually probably something more sinister.
1: Usually is.
0: Yeah. I think I think on the surface, what we're seeing uh, celebrities do when it comes to like selling out or whatever. Uh, Like this whole like this whole worm thing that you mentioned earlier, Matt. Like the worm in the eye. This whole thing, it it seems like there's something way more fucking sinister to this whole thing than meets the eye. You know what I mean? Okay, so they get this worm planted, implanted in their eye, right? Then they become reptilian. So how much more sinister is that actually? You know?
1: Well, now they just have a host. You know, that's what it is. They just need the hope. Yeah, but
0: what is that though? Like, is it alien? Is it like satanic or what? You know, hmm. like are you possessed when you get this fucking worm in your eye? You know, you're a reptile now. You're one of us because you did well, the dirtiest shit known to man. Yeah.
2: Right? Well, like let's yeah, let's think about that for for a second. Let's think about how there's that ant that gets the parasite and then it feels compelled. To climb the tree and then it, it plants its feet into the branches of the tree. And then the, the parasite kind of crystallizes the ant and it makes the ant kind of part of the branch and it turns into like a like a thorn or like a like a nodule on the on the branch. And then the parasite leaves the ant and finds another ant, and you find these trees where they're just covered in these exoskeletons of what used to be ants. Yeah. But the paras- the parasite takes control of their brain. And then it compels the ant to do that. That self-sacrifice—well, it's not really a self-sacrifice. It actually just kills it, but it makes it part of the tree. So then, if we extrapolate that and we think, okay, they've done all this stuff with uh, virology, and they've isolated the genome supposedly, and they've done all this stuff. Well, what if they've created a parasite that's perfect for creating the perfect entertainer/slash musician? Right, and that's what right. they're—and that's what they're being injected with. They're being injected with something that allows them to be controlled kind of like how there's that drug down in south america scopoline you know where it, you take it and then you're very open to suggestion
0: kind of like you, like a zombification kind of thing
2: kind of yeah like what it does it's it's totally real and everything it's very documented and what it is it's a, it's a it's a tree that gives off a certain nut and then you grind the nut up in like a mortar and pestle and then you blow it in somebody's face and then for some reason they're just like they just, they'll say yes to everything. Like you say, okay, well, let's go to the ATM and let's empty out your bank account. And they'll do that. And it's really popular with prostitutes in South America. What they'll do is they'll go up to a guy and they'll flirt with him. And then they'll blow this powder in his face. And then once he's uh, intoxicated with the escopoline, uh, then they'll go and they'll go to his house and they'll take everything out of his house. Holy All this- shit. And then the neighbors are like, well, I thought you were moving. And then they go, no when they come out of it they have amnesia wow they don't even remember it so what i'm saying is is that the satanic elite have managed to perfect some type of you know parasite and that's what they're giving these people they're giving them a parasite it doesn't kill them but it makes them highly suggestible and it just slowly makes them uh spiritually dead and malleable
0: very interesting
2: you know and it's like we know that they used to use drugs as a way to recruit people. Like, oh, you want the best drugs? You want the best doctors? I mean, think about how like the Rolling Stones guys keep on getting those blood transfusions. Right. Well, that's that's expensive. You know, and you got to have the right doctor, and you got to have connection. You can't you can't just go in. I can't do that. You know, I can't. I, my my insurance doesn't cover that.
0: I thought Keith Richards was just preserved from heroin.
2: <laughs> No, it's because he gets <laughs> he gets he gets he gets blood transfusions. He's very open about that. I mean a lot of people do that. That's fucking you know, crazy. Well and
1: they and they they're an interesting one because that ties into the 27 Club with Brian Jones. Right. 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 And that's that's a whole it, it was that, you know, I get if you go into the whole belief that, you know, in order to, to make it big, you have to make the sacrifice. And was that their sacrifice? And was that their ticket to, you know. Never ending fame. And you hear, you know, you know, about the people like Bob Dylan, you know, mm-hmm. say, talking about how he sold his soul and he has to just keep making music because he owes the man, you know, and and, and it's like these people, it's, it get, it makes you wonder, A, is it worth it? And B, why do they do it? You know, is it by choice or does it just over overwhelm them and it's irresistible?
2: I just think that some, I think that some, that's okay. I think that some people get into it because they have a genuine interest in music. And especially in the sixties and the seventies, it was just like, they didn't know any better because people hadn't really had the time to research the phenomena of why some people are famous and why some people aren't. But I mean, I suspect that there was people that were hit from the get-go. And they were maybe trying to warn people. And that's how we get back to that satanic panic thing is um, I don't think that the, the Christian groups were so much. I mean, they were obviously using Ozzy Osbourne and Judas Priest and all those kinds of bands as a catalyst. But I think what their main target was actually the industry. And that's why the whole thing got ridiculed and shut down and it didn't get promoted was because it would ultimately lead to the top. And the top was the record executives, the banks, the investment firms. And then you obviously get into the secret societies or the the Freemason or the Jesuit type of connection, which is that these people were making money off of it too. And it was a way to sell product. I mean, it's cliche, but it always comes back to money. Yeah, it does. But the money is the power and the power leads to more money. And it's just this never ending You know, we have all the resources that we need to live a a clean, healthy life, but it would require people being honest. And I think that we're like, we're at this stage in life where in, in human civilization, where we need entertainment and it cannot function without the system pumping it into us. In other words, like music's great, but if you don't have the system promoting it, then you would have to actually be in a room with a musician, with an instrument and they're not going to pay for those big arena shows and they're not going to pay for the whole infrastructure unless they're, they're getting to do their rituals and getting to do their blood sacrifices and all that stuff.
1: Well, yeah. And, and the industry itself is just a giant Ouroboros, right? It's, it's the right. snake eating its tail and it's, it just constantly consuming, constantly consuming and then on to the next one. And if they, as long as you're producing, okay. But as soon yeah. as you stop, boom, on to the next one, you are gone.
2: And I mentioned uh, last time on part one, I mentioned a rapper named Daylight, uh, and I'm yep. going to mention him. I'm going to mention him again. So shout out to Daylight, and uh, he he came on uh, a, a popular YouTube channel called Vlad TV, and they, he was at the time it was like three years ago. So at the time it was relevant to that Takashi 69 uh, when he got oh, arrested. S- Skittleshead? head. Yeah. Yeah. And so the host of the show asked Daylight uh, what's going to happen to him. And Daylight was, um, he was kind of role playing as he was kind of pretending to be, he put himself in the position of the industry. And they said, Oh, we're going to let him out. And then the host said, Well, what do you mean you're going to let him out? Why would you let him out? And then they said, Because we brought him in. You see, so they have, they have, they have, that's how deep their connections are. They can get people out of jail if they, if they want to, you know, and what he was saying was the, the, the point of it is is like what they do with these rappers and they do it with the music. See, the rappers get a bad, they get a bad reputation as being like puppets, but the, the, the rock stars do it too. They give the rappers money and they spend it on jewelry. They spend it on houses. They spend it on cars, all that stuff. They don't think about luxury tax and property tax and how expensive it is to maintain, you know, a, a big estate. But, anyways, but the musician, the, the rock stars, the guitar players and the singers, they do it too. They, you know, they spend a lot of money that they get and they go, and you see that with like Bruce Springsteen and uh, would, would be another example. Even Tommy Mike Lee. Them, yeah, yeah. Tommy, Tommy Lee. Lee. Yeah. Yeah. They live these extravagant lifestyles that just pump the money back into the system. You know, it's not like they're actually saving their money. The people that actually save their money, and they do it smart you don't hear about those people cuz they're not doing anything worth talking about except- well
1: unfortunately that's like a neil young right i mean the yeah. guy sold half his catalog for 150 million i mean not a bad deal right there and, and you yeah, see I'm- the guy walking around in a flannel shirt and you know birkenstocks and you're like oh this guy is not worth shit
2: i used to <laughs> I, I used to see i used to see that dude around because he used to he doesn't live where he doesn't live where he used to live at that famous place that he bought in the 70s uh, the the ranch kind of place, that's that's where I'm from. I used to see Bob Dylan, or not Bob Dylan, uh, Neil Young. I used to see Neil Young driving around in his old Buicks, you know. And I saw him at the grocery store one time, and he was pretty nice to me. But that was the '90s. But um, you know, he lost that place in the divorce when he divorced his wife. Uh, she ended up with that place. And uh, there's a woman that still lives out there. She's lived out there since the '70s. Her husband died. And Neil Young uh, promised that she would never have to uh, move because her husband died. So he prom- So she's still out there. But, um, you know, my father was around in the 60s and he went to uh, Ken Kesey, was doing that electric acid Kool-Aid test. Mm-hmm. And my dad went out to that's in that was in La Honda, California. You can look that up. And that's where the Merry Pranksters were. <laughs> yes. Well, my dad went there and my dad, he, at the time he was running with the hell's angels kinds of guys and more like tough guys. He wasn't really friends with hippies, but, uh, somebody invited him out there and shit. And, uh, he got a bad vibe. He told me later when I was a kid in the eighties, you know, he said that they're all degenerate and he you thought dad, that they your were dad pr- got a bad vibe. Oh yeah. Yeah. He got an extremely yeah. bad. He got an extremely bad vibe from Ken Kesey and the merry pranksters and that, that whole, that whole thing. And, uh, Kerouac, um, I don't think Kerouac was there, but it was like those beatnik type people, you know, those uh, uh, people that were hanging around North Beach at the, uh, you know, the Poet, uh, the Lighthouse Books or whatever it's called. Anyways, the point is, is that um, he told me, he goes, uh, these guys are all creeps. They're all a bunch of creeps, you know, and uh, they're, they're subversive and they're using uh, Marxist ideology to, and that, and that goes back to Timothy Leary. Yep. you know, he, he, he was the guy who was spreading when LSD was still legal because you guys got to remember that uh, LSD was legal until like 1968. So, when LSD was still legal, that's one of the people was uh, was Timothy Leary. He, he was giving it to all the musicians.
1: He was producing he was, millions of, of tablets. Tabs. Yeah.
2: Exa- yeah, and he was, and that was all government funded. That was all from grants.
1: Yep.
0: And this 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 is when Grateful Dead started like. Getting everybody to fucking drop L- LSD, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were handed front front it out was. at shows and shit. Yeah,
1: they were a front. That, That's all it was. Yeah. That whole that whole traveling caravan was just a, a traveling mm-hmm. acid yep. uh, distribution <coughs> unit.
2: And wasn't that weren't they weren't they weren't they called the Warlocks or something like that first? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Initially, yes.
2: You got to think about that one for a second, huh? Oh yeah. What's a warlock? A warlock is a male witch. You know what does a warlock do? He 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 practices sorcery.
1: Cast spells.
2: Yeah. And what's what's an old word for sorcery? Pharmakios. Pharmakia, yeah. So what's what's LSD? You know, it's 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 not medicine per se, but it's like it's a concoct it's a potion.
0: It's a compound, yeah.
2: Yeah. It's a ma- it's a magical potion. Yeah. So what do what are sorcerers and sorceresses and you know all that stuff They they make potions to have control over people. You know why? Like the shamans and the brujos and the medicine men had power over people because they were they were the ones who brought them into the hallucination. Yep. And then people get addicted to it. And then if you needed it, you needed to go just like you need to go to the pharmacy. Okay. So people talk so highly about shamanism and brujos, which brujos like uh, in Mexico, you know. Like, I don't yep. know if you guys ever, you guys ever read those books by Carlos Castaneda? No. No. Okay. Well, you should look into Carlos Castaneda because he's another gatekeeper. He's dead now. But he had, um, he was an anthropology student in the 60s. And he went down to Mexico and he found this guy named Don Juan. And Don Juan was a brujo down in the Yucatan Peninsula, I think. And uh, anyways, to get to the point. Carlos Castaneda brought that stuff back to the United States, and that's when all that stuff started becoming popular with the musicians. All that, like, experimental drugs and psychedelic, you know, and all that. It, it, we talked about that on, on part one. It's like, I don't want to talk about that more. Why did rock and roll get infiltrated with Eastern and, and South American psychedelic? You know, it's like, it's kind of weird, right? Because yep. the country guys like Johnny Cash and Hank, they were all taking uh, Black Beauties and, and Uppers, and, you know, they were... They were on drugs, too. They were on amphetamines. They were drinking and smoking pot. But they kept it together, you know, and the music didn't reflect that. In other words, like, the old country music wasn't really subversive. It was actually pretty wholesome, and it was just about, like, you know...
0: Family, like, working...
2: Yeah, yeah, with. yeah, yeah. So then the early rock and roll, like, uh, like Bill H- or is it Bill Haley in the comments? Uh, you know, Rock Around the Clock?
0: okay yeah
2: yeah okay and then we got chuck berry and we got buddy holly and we got uh, just you know all the wholesome kind of 50s uh bebop rockabop you know all, and then we got rockabilly you know and that was pretty that was pretty wild that was pretty out there and then all of a sudden in the 60s there's just like this explosion of like let's do like where <laughs> did that come from where yeah. did that really come from you know and then you touched upon like okay well we reached this point after that where things got really bad but I think that music was pretty bad in the 20s when you go back to when you go to Germany and you go to the Wehrmacht Republic like you go into Berlin and that's where that flapper uh, girl thing and the burlesque shows. Yep. So I mean it's almost like music was already degenerate and was already being used by the elite. Isn't that where uh
0: sorry isn't that where the jazz hands come from like the flappers?
2: Uh, Yeah, well, I mean, the flappers were the 20s. That was the whole, you know, roaring 20s before the 1929 crash of the stock market thing. Uh, I believe that that kind of behavior was definitely going on in in Berlin in the Weimar Republic. And then, you know, we know about how bad the Weimar Republic was, you know, with the the prostitution and the bestiality and all that kind of stuff, you know? Uh, So I think that music was already definitely by the 20s it had already been infiltrated by this uh this is i think the 20s in general was a really pivotal year for entertainment because you saw that being the emergence of hollywood
0: yeah that's when the silent films started coming out
2: yeah and that and that's when hollywood was still called hollywood land right and the sign the sign reflected that and then we go into like i'm sure you guys have seen a few david lynch films
1: yes yes
2: and you know how David Lynch talks about Mulholland Drive and all that kind of stuff with the musicians and the art and the and the actors and all that it's like yep. that guy kind of knows what's going on a little bit and they let him make those movies cuz they're so uh, existential they're so like abstract that people can't like see that he's trying to kind of tell people what's really going on and
0: people have no idea like they just think it's mm-hmm. weird shit
1: well it's like it's like when all the info started coming out on Laurel Canyon right right when that, when mm-hmm. that info dropped people are like oh okay now here's some actual proof mm-hmm. that everything was co-opted
2: well sometimes you got to think like why was sometimes you have to think why was La, los angeles and hollywood california picked to be the entertainment capital of the world you know it's just it's kind of strange it's one thing with the movies because i understand the movies because the lighting that was actually wise because it was so
1: bright it was the sun um, Does it have
0: anything to do with ley lines?
2: <laughs> I always go
0: back to ley lines. Well, San Francisco,
1: San Francisco hits on a few, <clears throat> uh, on a big point. Right, um, that's what I'm saying. From a ley line perspective, yeah. Mm-hmm. It hits on fr- then they,
0: and then they have that whole prediction that it's going to like the earthquake kind of like divide it up.
1: If we're lucky. Like,
0: if we're lucky, <laughs> learn to swim. <laughs> Escape
1: from that- L.A
2: yeah see you down in arizona bay yeah Yeah, exactly exactly.
1: no yeah it's just it it, it's because you look at it and it's like well the 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 other interesting thing about laurel canyon is its proximity to the military base
2: Mm -hmm.
1: right it was right next to that military base right there and and the people that were coming in and out of there it doesn't seem to be so coincidental. I mean, you had Canadians, you had you know, locals, you had people coming from all over the country, and everybody just...
0: wanted to go make it in LA. Yeah,
1: you know? and it, but they all ended up at this place, and you know, like you look at uh, uh, even like Neil Young. I mean, they they all are Crosby, Stills, Nash. They all ended up just so happening to meet at the same time hmm you know yeah. it was well, just like perfect coincidence right? you know come on i mean it was all co-opted
2: mm-hmm. well i was just thinking too like it's a lot of it has to do with the weather like think about it like it's a lot easier to to live a a rock star kind of life with the degeneracy and all the all the all the things that come with that when the weather's nice like in other words like they could have never had a hollywood in north dakota
1: right Not indoors. They're not outdoors. Yeah.
2: Right. So we know that the beginning of Hollywood was because of lighting, because the, the California sun allowed them to make more motion pictures because it was so bright and the cameras back then and the film back then wasn't as good. So they needed a lot of light and they didn't have the types of artificial lights that they have now. But why the music? So you can record music anywhere. So it's like Hollywood just, it became this play. It became this Mecca. So they started building these uh, these temples to uh, the industry, like these the, the Capitol Building and the um, what's the other uh, skyscrapers that they have in in downtown Los Angeles. I know that the Capitol Building's really famous because it's the one that's very cylindrical. Yeah. And then. It's very iconic um, too. Yeah, it's very iconic, and then you have a drug supply because you have the mexican uh, connection and then you also have you know obviously access to the pacific ocean so you can get all that kind of stuff it's just like everything um, about the whole thing is just it's it's alluring i think that that's the best word it's alluring. So, <laughs> alluring,
0: the, the is alluring so alluring the debauchery is alluring
1: well yeah. And it it's a way- it, one of the go, things go i find, i mm-hmm. find interesting scary is if mm-hmm. you look at what was california to the old world Right. I find it mm. kind of funny that now it's turned into this like land of debauchery and land of hedonism. And mm-hmm. when before it was almost kind of the opposite, it appears it was, it was kind of a, you know, a, a powerful kingdom almost.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, we all have these these capitals of, you know, like Rome and then Rome fell. And then like I was talking about the uh, the Virmar Republic, like Berlin being the capital there. Before World War II, but after World War I. And then um, Paris was pretty bad. And uh, what's another place that was uh well, like Sodom, like if you want to go biblical, you go Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know? And obviously people have made the connection that you know, Los Angeles is kind of like the new Sodom, and you know, San Francisco might be Gomorrah, or you know, uh New York City is Babylon
1: you know in the towers i think dc is, is babylon
2: yeah yeah we could go yeah definitely go along those lines too but then we think about like um just because music and movies are so connected i just wanted to say something too it's like when you watch a movie that's filmed in los angeles it's bright and sunny and then you ever notice it when you watch a movie or a tv show that's based in new york it's really dark and gloomy
1: rainy it's usually All rainy the time. yeah yeah yeah,
2: but it, it sets a mood and that's why all those Batman movies, you know, uh, especially the new ones with the, the Christopher Nolan ones, you know, they have that that dark kind of like and Gotham was supposed to be like New York City, right? Yep. But then L.A. is like, come to L.A. and there's girls in bikinis and you can make it big. Play it. And then Axl Rose, you know, nobody ever really talks about that guy. But that guy's that guy's a trip, man. Like he came from like, what was it, Indiana or Ohio? Somewhere yeah. in the Midwest, yep. yeah, yeah, And he wrote a song, and that song's like really controversial right now. But he wrote a song called uh, "What was it called?" Um, the one that they don't they don't play anymore because it has the n-word in it. Shit, I'm uh, not sure
0: what song that is. It's not "Down on the Farm," is it? Because I know they have that. no,
2: no, no, no. It was on the first album, uh, or it wasn't on the first album. It was on that uh, that second uh, EP that they put out. Uh, Lies. No, well, yeah, maybe, yeah, I think it was on that one. It was called, uh, it wasn't Patience, that's a different song. Uh, It was, uh, well, anyways, it's the story of how he got to LA. And uh, there's some verses in there that are homophobic and racist. So they don't play that song anymore. But um, it was actually a really good example of how an outsider would feel coming to Los Angeles. And that's why I mentioned it, because you know it wasn't easy to get big back then and like you said you know it's not who you know it's who you blow or something like that you know Wine and uh, <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and but there was even like there was all that stuff going on in the music world and um i think that it's still going on in a sense that if you don't play the game they will they will cancel you uh on the social media And we saw that with, uh, was it Chris Brown? You mentioned Chris Brown earlier in the beginning of the podcast, Matt.
1: Yep, with Rihanna.
2: Was Chris Brown the guy who went on the uh, podcast with Professor Griff from Public Enemy and he said something anti-Semitic and he had to make an apology or am I thinking of somebody else? Mm, I don't remember.
1: Not sure, dude. That's (laughs) not ringing a bell.
2: Okay, so you guys know who Chuck D is from Public Enemy? Yes. Do you guys remember when he endorsed uh, Bernie Sanders? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's that's why they had uh, a second uh, a feud was because Flavor Flav was pro-Trump.
1: Well, yeah, and, and did you see what they, you know, what Run DMC did? For, no, what did uh, Run DMC do? For the uh, COVID. They did the, the COVID song. Oh, they did. Remember, they 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 were the ones that did the COVID rap song or the vaccine. No, rap I don't. Song. I
2: don't. No, I don't pay attention to such things. Uh, I did it, not know that. That's it was up. the yeah. biggest
1: state propaganda ever. Yeah. Oh, it was. Wow. It, it was. I want to say back in like 2020, maybe.
0: This shit's okay. the same shit like fucking Rage Against the Machine, like back then, you know. Yeah. And then all what? of a sudden, it's like, oh, you got to get be vaccinated to fucking watch our reunion tour.
2: I, he- I heard that that tour got uh canceled. The West Coast leg like, got canceled because a bunch of their crew came down with COVID and they're all vaccinated.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Serves them right. That happened to
2: everybody. It's great. Crazy. Yeah, there was, uh, what was it? It was like somebody had a residency. What, some of the, one of these positions had a residency. Adele, at- right? Yeah. And, the, uh, and all of her uh, crew came down. With the Shanghai shivers. so they had to, uh, <laughs> they, they had to, they had to cancel it or something. <laughs> That's know.
0: fucking hilarious.
2: You know, it's just like I was actually, um, I was actually at a, a little, uh, in my, in my, where I live, they had a little uh, mandate protest uh, down on the uh, business district. So I went down there uh, to check it out or whatever. I was taking my daughter for a walk, anyways. And they're playing all this like horrible music that the protesters, you know, and they were doing the like uh, the, uh, you know, they wanted to end the mandates here in California. And uh, they had a boom box or they had a Bluetooth speaker or something like that. And they're playing the BST boys, you know, and they're playing that song. You got to fight for your right to party or some shit, you know, <laughs> yep. and and I go up to one of the guys, I go, why are you guys playing the Basty boys? You know, like they are they're leftists, the one that's the two of them that are still alive.
1: Yeah, Mike. you know, Dean.
2: Yeah, because Adam Yuck died uh from yep. cancer. So but did they, you, oh wow, I didn't know that. So Sc- if, screech if you say by the bell. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So if you listen, but if you listen to the lyrics of uh you gotta fight for your right to part, it's all degenerate bullshit. It's just talking about doing drugs, smoking weed, smoking cigarettes, watching pornography. Um so I said, well, you guys are supposed to be conservative uh, Republicans. Like, why are you playing that kind of music? And then they were playing some mumble rap, and then they were playing... Uh, they are playing some other shit, and I was like, why don't you guys play, like, the Battle Hymn of the Republic? You know? Yeah.
0: Well, they probably don't fucking
2: know. No, they don't, because they're normies, and that's the, thing, <laughs> the whole thing. The whole thing's been, like, infiltrated <laughs> by, by, by these normie people, and it's like, they're all supporting the... Um, the thing about okay i don't want to get into it because we're supposed to be talking about music but you guys you know about the trucker thing it's like it's actually hurting small businesses
0: yeah i mean uh their argument is that so were you right
2: well yeah yeah but i'm saying amazon and all those people they have their own trucks
0: yeah exactly yeah
2: but we can we can talk about that on another podcast but yeah, the thing the thing with the music thing is it's so interesting because music is so beneficial and it's like they really got us by the balls guys because we like music. And I'm just hoping that I get to live to see the day where they don't control it uh, even a fraction of what they do now.
0: I hope so, man. Once that system is fucking tanked.
1: Yeah. You know? Well, cuz they I got don't... in deep, you know, and they sunk their ties in like you were saying scary back in the 20s mm-hmm. and 30s, but mm-hmm. then they started adding the additional element of the of the government intervention in the 50s and 60s. And that's mm-hmm. that's when you see the music industry start to get weird. Right. That's well, when I being-
2: want to. Yeah. And I want to hear more about Laurel Canyon because I, I didn't get I was too damn busy to do research and take notes. I want you sound like, you know, so what's the Laurel Canyon connection exactly? Because I have an idea, but I, it sounds like you're well versed.
1: No, I, I I don't know a ton. I actually, uh, I'm, I'm looking to get a there's a, a book out there on it. That's really good. I've, I've listened to a, a podcast or two on it. But there's a connection to a, a, a lot of artists, right? You're talking like the Mamas and the Papas. Um, you're talking about uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, uh, Joni Mitchell, the Monkees like Eric Clapton all these guys were all out of this Laurel Canyon and mm-hmm. it was like a house and a studio and people would kind of come and go and it yeah. was you know it was a whole scene back in the in, in the uh 60s
2: and 70s and that, that ties in with uh, Terry Mulcher right yes and that's the guy that that supposedly Manson was was looking for
1: yeah, but, and and, and but you why? know that song uh, "Our House," yeah, yeah, right, uh, that was... by Graham Nash. That's that was you know from Laurel Canyon.
2: So who who do you think was who do you think the real estate agent was that was getting all these people property
1: over there? Like what? Who who was? The oh, first it person? was it was you know within X amount of miles of a uh, military base, so it was definitely uh, CIA. Okay you know okay. it, it had three letter agency written all oh. over it and that's you know and even the dead have roots to, that have ties to laurel canyon i mean all of these mm-hmm. big names from that era have ties to this laurel canyon whether it's the house whether it's the studio whatever it may be mm-hmm. um, but so they, it's kind
0: of like how disney built his empire
1: Uh, yeah in in a sense yeah not as glamorous but yeah they i mean the same kind of concept where you bring everything local you know you kind of keep it uh centralized and and you have your hands it's very hands-on right uh they're they're very controlled once they get there as to what they can do but yeah i I don't know it's just uh, yeah it's one of those I think, that I definitely, I think I, I'll dig a little bit more into it. And eventually we can do a whole thing on that um, because I think that's a, that's this could a,
0: be an ongoing series, you know?
1: Oh, without doubt. one and two. Yeah. Without a <laughs> doubt. I mean, this is yeah. something we can just bang through back because there's so many different things you can, you, you can look yeah. at from, you know, the straight music industry uh, to the music that's used in movies to, you know, the music that's used in advertisement and, and how, you know, and, and, and the, the psychological side of music too. How Dude, music- Honestly,
0: like I sit here and I, uh, my dad's in the other room, right. And I hear him watching TV all day. Like I don't watch TV, right. Maybe like some like Netflix and shit sometimes, but. I'm sitting here listening to these commercials and it's like, I think it was like Pepto Bismol. And it's like upset stomach, and like the way they sing it, it's like upset stomach, nausea, whatever. And then the last word is diarrhea. And the, the way they say it is like
2: diarrhea. It's like, what
1: the fuck? It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a jingle. Yes. Yeah, it's it's straight brainwashing because think it's about like, it, how diarrhea, many-, how many company- how many company slogans can you recite because you know their jingle?
2: Right, uh, you know, exactly. It's, it's, like, it's like it's like Hot Pocket.
1: Yep. It's just two notes. Yep.
2: Hot Pocket. Yep. Yep. You know, it's like the it's like the Meow Mix song.
0: And you know? I tell you guys, I tell you, like all my life, all this shit that I hate, I'm learning, like all the shit that I hate now. And when I was growing up, I know why I hate it now.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Um, so I was taking some notes. I just want to put this out there so you guys don't forget. Uh, we can talk about it off air, but I have a few ideas. Uh, just so when we end the podcast, I want to go the, over those with you really quick. Uh, about as far as what we could do uh, ongoing with the uh, music thing. Cool. Uh, yep. being, a, being a series. I just want to put that out there. But yeah. Yeah. Um, those are called earworms. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's a way that you remember to buy the products. So, uh, you guys remember there was a really famous song about uh Coca-Cola? It never worked
0: on me, though. I'm sorry to cut you off, but it never yeah. worked on me. I was always like, stupid fucking commercial. You know what I mean? And yeah, I always people... thought that commercials would turn me off of buying the product.
2: Yeah, some people are just they're impervious to that kind of uh, marketing and, and uh, subliminal advertising. Do you guys remember that song that came out in the '60s for Coca-Cola, and it was like uh, this, like world, uh, one world government kind of thing, where it was like everybody was getting along, and if they could enjoy Coca-Cola, and it was like yep. everybody was like, that was that was that kind of that was that kind of stuff, and now we get to this whole like um, Greta Thunberg uh, getting artists, getting musicians to go along with her program, like. You ever noticed that, like how there's all these artists all of a sudden now care about the environment? Well, right. they did that
1: in the eighties with uh, what was that called? Uh, we, we are uh, we the are, world. We are the world. Oh. Yeah. But think about who is we? Yeah. Yeah, the it's elite. Like, it's like it's the, the, it's these rich artists that you know. Listen, they single-handedly could end poverty with their wealth. Yeah. Single-handedly, we, but they're they're gonna come to us and ask us who, who can barely get by to donate our our last bit of money so that mm-hmm. we can save the hungry because, exactly. you know, they're just going to sing the song and perform. They can't give up their millions of dollars. And
0: what did that do? Fuck Back off, shit. Right?
1: It raised them money for the song. That's it. Exactly. Which well, what part about- of the proceeds probably went to some, you know, hunger program, but the rest of it went to the label.
0: There's a <clears throat> excuse me. There was a Canadian version of that song. Do you guys remember that? Uh, no. Tears are not enough. Oh. Don't
1: have to look you that know
0: up. that tears are not enough? And they had all these Canadian fucking musicians. It sounds like
1: a lube advertisement, <laughs> Davey. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, they had all these
0: Canadian musicians fucking taking turns singing verses and chorus and whatever. It's just like. Fuck man, it's crazy.
2: Speaking of all that, that of that, that one world uh, government kind of stuff in music, uh, we talk about uh, Ma- 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 what Madonna was singing about before COVID hit. You guys remember what Madonna was singing about at the uh, at the Eurovision Awards?
0: Uh, bats flying out of her her mm-hmm. vagina. Nah,
1: I keep your last. Song. She
0: said
2: she said she said in her song where she's wearing the eye patch and all that crazy stuff. Um, she said, "Not everyone's invited to the future," and then everybody was wearing gas masks on stage, like like COVID masks. Yep. You know, and that was in that was in 2019, and then you flash forward to like when the world shut down and everybody's freaking out, and she releases that that home movie where she's in her bathtub. I remember that. And yeah. She, yeah. And boy. she says, "This is going to be the, and this is going to be the great equalizer." She says. Yep. yep. I think that that was like some type of weird because that got memory hold. Like, I don't know if that's still available on her Instagram or wherever she put that out. Obviously people archived it and, and stuff, but it's almost like that was like an admission of guilt for what she did. And you guys are gonna have to look up that uh, that Eurovision performance, but it's, it's just, it's a known fact that she literally, actually, I think she repeated it, uh, the line where she says um, something about like, It's going to be a brave new world and not everyone's going to be invited to the future or something like that. But definitely said not. She definitely said not everyone's invited to the future. So that's 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 a red flag for sure. And like I said, they were wearing masks and then you got to think about the uh, was it the opening? Was it the opening ceremony of the Olympics in uh, 2018 where they put all the hospital beds out on the field?
1: That was 2012 in London, yep. 2012 in London, excuse me. Yeah,
2: so there was that. And it's like, what are these little uh, warning rituals? And then we think about the, <coughs> excuse me. The, the ceremony that they did at the opening of CERN in uh, Basel, Switzerland. Oh, yeah. You know, and when they finished that tunnel and they had the statue of Vishnu, Yep. You know, and it's just like, what the hell is really going on here? And it's just like they just keep rubbing it in our faces if they're occultists. You know, and they do it with the yeah. music. And what's up with the thing with the people putting their hand over their eye when they get their picture taken?
1: Yeah, that's, uh... oh, I mean, that's straight up. I mean, that's yeah. everywhere. That's an obvious mm-hmm. one, right?
2: It's a, pr- it's a pretty obvious one, but then it's obvious that some people don't do it. And, and some people do. And it's like, I've never, I've had my picture taken. You know, I, I've never been compelled to put my hand up. So who's That's telling them?
0: Exactly. Yeah. I, I've never, I've, I've yeah, never, never,
1: I've never made the diamonds, you know, the yeah. the, the diamond pose. Like,
0: I mean, the, you could do it though. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, let me do this as a joke. Boom. You know what I mean? Put your hand over your eye. But, but then, it's
1: never, it's never crossed my mind, Davey. Uh, same with me. <laughs> you know, I like had that, that crosses even crosses my mind.
0: The one thing that crosses my mind all the time is because uh, I do it all the time, not so much lately.
1: Is your penis out? Uh,
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately for everybody else, no. It's
1: good. Not. Good. That's uh, always a check. Check that I always first. do,
0: I give the devil horns and I put my tongue out.
1: Oh no, you Satanists.
0: I know, right? Like I've always done that. Because I guess it's, maybe I've been influenced from rock and roll throughout my whole life, you know? Like, You're I've been possessed. listening to Kiss since I was a toddler, right?
2: It sounds like it, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it's a, it's all fun and games, but that literally is part of the problem. Right. In other words, all that stuff was put out by the people that we're talking about. And I understand, yeah. like, I, I mean, I fell for it when I was, a, but it's like, we have to, we have to take some accountability for our for our, our willingness to, you know, and this was before we realized, but, and now we say, um, well, we'll support this and we'll support that because it's, it's, it's independent. But the problem is like with hip hop, like when hip hop was getting big in New York in the early 80s, they actually had the same opportunity that the punk rockers had, which was they could have monopolized it, they could have actually cut out the big record uh, executives. But they, that they were scared and they were kind of intimidated and bullied into not doing that. But the kid, that was a youth movement. Uh, punk, the original punk rockers from like 1977 to like 1981, that was a youth movement. That was an organic, uh, that was totally like controlled by the fans and the musicians. And so was hip hop. And then we see these, these people come
1: in and they totally hijacked it. Yeah, and those people tend to be white males.
2: Uh, yeah, they tend to be that way. But what I'm saying is, is, it's like we have this opportunity again, and I really just
1: hope that the young musicians and the young um, well, yeah, no, no. My point, my point being is the labels. That's you know, stay away from them, right? Like, and, and, the students, and, and they, yeah. they lure you in with these, you know, it's it's that it goes. It's almost biblical. Right? Mm-hmm. The, the temptress and they, they offer you everything you could ever dream of. It's like Jesus in the
0: desert, dude. Yeah, but like where Satan comes up to him, he's like, Yeah, I can give you the whole kingdom right now, right? He's like, Fuck you, asshole.
1: Yeah. You know, that's <clears throat>
0: that's what if we want to be Christ-like, we gotta say, get thee hence.
2: Yeah, and you you know? Know, the problem and the, the problem too is because we had uh we had that crossover success with, with creed. Remember Korea? Yeah. I mean, that dude was a Christian. I think the other guys in the band were too. I'm not sure. And then he supposedly fell from grace or something. He wasn't exactly what he portrayed himself to be. There was some allegations or something that came out. Dude, he we...
0: he was uh sort of cut you off, but he was yeah. Scott Stapp is his name. Yeah. Yeah. He he was posting YouTube videos where he's like, There's people following me, they want me dead, this and that. And he was like going like batshit crazy for a while.
2: Oh, he's probably telling the truth to a certain extent. Yeah,
0: exactly. That's probably why people were watching him and. Shit. Well, and yeah.
1: then and that's an interesting point, Davey, because these people have these mental breakdowns, right? And then they go to "quote unquote" rehab,
0: right? Mm-hmm.
1: Which is a lot of times a programming facility that they're going to, where they are going to get reprogrammed, and they are going to you know, get under a different, you know, a, a, you know, a retuned under their mind control program, get and back in the game, so to speak. Exactly. And, and that's what happens. And that's what you see. And one of the things I found fascinating in my research about all that was that when they get to age 30, it doesn't seem to work as much anymore. Hmm. So they have to rely on past uh, success after 30 to keep it going and that's why you start seeing when these artists get to you know their 30s that's when they start having the real meltdowns and they have to go to rehab and they go away for a while and they come back with blonde hair and
2: Mm -hmm. like Kanye West
1: yeah they come back with little different personality quirks and things like that and you know or they're a different person altogether. you know you see that with a lot of female uh, mm -hmm. alter ego yeah, exactly the female artists yeah. come out and you know they change their image completely <clears throat> and it's like whoa wait a second here you went in as this person now you're telling me of this person Well, then you got... Garth... Garth Brooks Chris Gaines I was just going to say that
2: yeah yep. yeah I was just going <clears> to <throat> say I can't find that stuff anywhere it's like it's not on Spotify it's not on iTunes I don't think um, it's like he just kind of memory hold that
1: Interesting.
2: Now, where you know, did it
1: go? Oh, yeah. I don't know.
2: I Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's it's out there. Obviously, there were CDs and stuff. I'm sure it's out. I haven't looked that hard for it. I just know that it's not promoted. On, I remember I
0: remember uh, when he did that, everybody was like, oh, that's kind of fucking weird. You know yeah. I mean? yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Especially how he denied that it was, like, he didn't even acknowledge that he was Garth Brooks. Yeah. Like, he was, he was literally like crit- completely... It's the same thing that happened
0: with uh, Joaquin Phoenix when he did this uh, I think it was like a documentary of something mm-hmm. and he became the character on uh, like yeah. David Letterman or something. Mm-hmm. And he was like totally denying that he was Joaquin Phoenix. It was like, well, that's
1: the me. Andy Kaufman skit, right? I mean, that was Andy mm-hmm. Kaufman's yeah, skit yeah. his whole life was he would get so deep into the character that he would become that person.
2: Well, I think that's what happened with uh, uh, I think that's kind of what happened with Jim Carrey. After he did the Andy Kaufman movie, remember he but did it was that
0: Yeah, Bad on yeah. the Moon. Yeah, but it was it was almost like he was perpetuating Andy Kaufman, like he was channeling him in a way. Yeah, but at the same time, he was perpetuating that uh, character change uh, device, so to speak. Yeah, but have right? you have you
2: see, have you seen that dude lately?
0: Who Jim Carrey? Yeah, not really. I haven't really been paying attention
2: exactly like it's like when he started talking all that shit about the illuminati saying he was a part of it and he was doing the triangle thing and he was sticking his tongue out on the uh the conan o'brien show yeah and he was like oh you know and then conan o'brien was like "Ah, no i don't know what you're talking about he's like oh come on you're part of the club too it's like was that was that was that was that being like um what's the right word was he being sarcastic and he was actually or
0: whatever yeah
2: yeah hyperbolic and he was making fun of uh the conspiracy theorists or was that his way of kind of saying like yeah like but he's like he's a trip man because he he's like super leftist at the same time but then he's like he's really like uh nihilist he's super blackfield like if you actually listen he's like life is pointless we're all gonna die and then you think about his girlfriend killed herself
1: yep yeah you know well that's that's a whole other thing that that you see in the music industry right is Mm -hmm. is the rash of young violent deaths whether Mm -hmm. it's self-inflicted whether it's murder whether it's a car accident and you know some of them don't appear to be accidents
0: i think it was after uh the sorry uh the duality of the character in uh the number 23 is that what it was the movie that Uh, jerry did yeah, I think so. I think it was after that. That's when he, he was, like, landsliding down. Because mm-hmm. I think that duality of his character in that script uh, probably made him, like, think about, like, holy fuck, dude. This this shit's real, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Not yeah, just and- Man on
0: the Moon, but that too, right?
2: Well, I, I just, I think that he started to, think, to to think, like, well, I can be myself now. And he was showing what that what that industry does to a person it makes you very paranoid it makes you um like fear of your life or what you want like, on edge yeah like they always have yeah. something over you like blackmail but yeah. um what, what what matt was talking about like when you see these violent outbursts or these violent suicides it's because as everyday people like we are we're just average joes basically at the end of the day is we don't know what that kind of does to a person's psyche uh, living like that, doing that amount of drugs, having that amount of wealth and uh, prestige and carte blanche in society. And I think it, it really takes a toll on people and they have those meltdowns like we saw with Miley Cyrus and Britney Spears and uh, you know uh, people just have meltdowns. Like it all catches up to them. And then the industry decides, are we gonna save them? Like, are we gonna pick them up and, and brush it away and make everything okay? Or are we gonna let them crash and burn? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know and it just it's like
0: I think it depends on what message they were giving the people, uh, at the time before their downfall.
1: I know uh, whether they were going to pick them up or maybe it's much simpler than that, okay? How much can we make off them if we if they come? Oh, yeah, for sure. That's it, yeah,
2: that's it. yeah, there's obviously always the economic viability, but then it's also it serves another purpose, which is like a warning to other people, like this is what happens when you don't receive our treatment, like, think about this way, guys, like, perhaps, perhaps it's a strong possibility that these people are getting uh, psychiatric treatment to keep them from having those meltdowns. And then they say, Oh, no, I don't need it anymore. I'm going to go my own way. I got enough money, I can do whatever I want. Now, I don't have to listen to you people anymore. You know, they're handlers or whatever you want to call them, their entourage. And then they melt down because they're not getting the, the treatment they're not getting the uh what we could even look at as like a form of hypnosis and then they um they stop being hypnotized and when they stop being hypnotized that's when they have the meltdowns and then when they go to rehab they get rehypnotized and then they go back to being normal yeah or, And that's you know, all
1: that cia influence right that's
2: that mk ultra kind of thing yeah, yeah
1: exactly yeah. yeah it's and and that's almost when you think about it with a lot of these performers especially the big Mm -hmm. ones they have alter egos they -hmm. have alternate you know you look at beyonce she has this alter named sasha fierce um you look at a lot Uh, of these people and they get so big they have split personalities now whether that was induced via mind control programs where it was intentionally they were split (coughs) or through the trauma of being that famous, you know, and being that worldly, they have created this altar to be able to deal with day-to-day life.
0: I think this is where uh, Nigel comes into play.
1: Ah. Yeah. Well, and I'm that's- kind that's, of that's... doing a little bit
0: of the uh, kind of uh, play on uh, the ultimate ego kind of thing, you know?
1: Yeah, and that's where I think it, it goes. I think that's where the dark side comes in, right? Sure. They start playing with the dark arts a little bit and 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 bringing things in that they're not aware of.
0: Is that what I'm doing? <laughs> I wonder.
1: With Nigel. Yeah. <laughs> a cartoon goat.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Alter is a yeah. I think you're safe, Davy. I think you're safe. Okay, but good. but
0: there's and then you got Nicki Minaj had that Roman character. Oh yeah. That yeah. was creepy as
1: fuck. It's really weird. And then you look at like Taylor Swift and her videos and, and all the symbolism in it. And uh, who was it? Was it. Uh, I want to say it was. Well, Brittany does too, because she has one where she wears uh, like a pink wig and it has a British accent. Oh, I didn't oh know. yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. And and she only talks with a British accent, so she's she's one of them. And who is the other one? Uh, It's kind of weird. I just
0: stole I just stole my my Nigel's voice from uh, Adam Sandler uh, doing the talking goat on one of his CDs.
1: Dude, that was, those were great. I used to listen to that shit back in like middle school.
3: Shit, fuck me in the goat ass.
1: <laughs> you really whizzed that thing, man.
2: <laughs> you, gave me the old, thing you gave me the old, gave the
1: button, me the hook old button hook. <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, those were great. The holiday, Thanksgiving. Dude, song I was listening to it. that
0: shit in like uh, grade 11 elect- electrical class with my friends and shit. And we were just dying, laughing, listening to that.
1: Oh dude, I, I remember when I bought the cassette tape when it first came out.
0: Lunchtime kids! Oh. <laughs> I sliced up some cantaloupe lump and made you some jelly sandwiches. <laughs> I'm thinking you can eat a little food and then maybe play with your cockta balls for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck. Yeah, dude, it's crazy, man. Like there's so much to this whole thing in the entertainment industry. We're just like kind of um, condensing it a little bit and expand, or maybe expanding on it, uh, from what we've heard from numerous other fucking podcasts uh, over the years, for like, you know what I mean? But like,
1: well, it all intersects, Davy. Right? It does. I mean, it does. You start, you start getting, and that's what I tell people with a lot of this stuff. Is is as I dig into some of these, they start tying into each other, um, and you know, things that you wouldn't think are connected end up connecting to each other, like Nazis and the music industry. And, you know, and, and these these wild ideas of, of, of Satan in the music industry and dark arts in the music industry and uh, sexual abuse in the music industry. I mean, it's all in there. It's all part of it. And, and anytime there is that much money involved, you are going to have nefarious activity going on now the unfortunate part is a lot of the time it involves children or people who you know you don't want to call them sheep but they're sheep when they're dealing with wolves because the wolves right. have been doing this over and over again and they know how to they know how to kill and, yep. and get the most out of you and then move on
0: they know it's- exactly how to fucking play the system yes
1: because it's their game yeah Cause I always wondered that I always, you know, I growing up as a kid, I was big into the radio and uh, every Sunday I'd be traveling with my dad on Sunday morning. So we'd always have, the only thing you listen to on the radio was Casey Case from top 40. And I always wondered like how certain songs got on there and, you know, and, and now knowing, you know, Oh, it's, it's all, controlled you know there's no you know the billboards all that stuff that's just who do they want to push and who do they want to make money and who's like how the
0: fuck is justin bieber on the top when he sucks ass and then you got aaron maiden that comes out with an album that's amazing right
1: yeah and then you look at the numbers and numbers don't make any sense but that's where i I wanted to ask you scary if you knew anything about uh any of you know the the, the CIA m- money laundering side, or that's something we can dive into later if if none uh
2: Yeah, can. I mean, I know I know a little bit about that. I can I can talk about that, but there was something that you said about the. Um, uh, is there like a TV on in the background? Or I keep hearing like feedback. Is that
0: it's probably my dad. I like he's speaking uh, really loud in the background. I got the door closed, uh, but all
2: right, it's okay. Um, so yeah, I was at a party in like 1999. And, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't that old, you know, I was like uh, 16 or something, but I I hung around a lot of older people and and college kids and stuff like that. Anyway, so, uh, you guys know I'm in California and everything. So I was at a, um, I was at a pretty, uh, pretty nice party and it was in, uh, uh, I don't really want to say exactly where it was, but it was in a nice, uh, enclave. It was in a very exclusive zip code. And, um, I was talking to this guy and he was, uh, he wanted to get into broadcasting and, and specifically music broadcasting and he told me and he was a rich he was a rich kid and everything but he told me that he had already had some connections built up and everything and he told me this was in remember that this was in 1999 he told me he said they already know who's going to be big like four years in advance like and this is the way that they used to do it i don't know if they still do it like this but he said that uh what they would do is they would plan they had like a four-year plan for people that they had recruited and that's why you saw like britney spears just pop out of nowhere and she's like boom like instant famous you know what i mean yep and so he told me that and then so some years went by and i kept in touch with the guy and everything and he was he was he was doing good he was kind of one of those guys who like he knew that the shit was fucked but he was going to try to get in there and try to fix it or at least like he just he wanted to really be a part of it so bad that even though he knew it was bad and he knew it was evil he just he still wanted to be be, be there i guess just to see it for what it was and so anyways he told me he goes yeah they've uh, he goes they perfected a, a machine they've perfected an algorithm and i can only imagine how advanced this algorithm is now in 2022 but he told me this is probably in like 2004 he said they put in what they do is they take a song and they put it into this computer program that's uh, the public can't get it. I mean, now somebody could probably make the same thing, but at the time it was very exclusive to the industry. And what it would do is it would determine, it would determine the the, the whole point of the algorithmic uh, program was to determine how likely the song was to get on the top 40 and where it would stand or where it would would, uh, get on the top 40 based on song length, chord progression, Uh, the volume, the bass, like every, it just, it analyzed everything. And in the algorithm was every song uh, prior that was in the top 40. So otherwise they went through the records of the top 40 hits and then all they had to do, and this is how they would determine if the song was going to be a single, if it was going to be a music video, if it was even worthy to be on the album is they put all the songs on the quote unquote album, the rough cut. And they would say, okay, well, this one didn't make it. This one came in at, you know, 75. This one's a eighty-five. This one's a forty-one. Not good enough. Every song's got to be a top forty. So they just let the algorithm decide what's what's worth being on the album.
0: I don't yeah. like that at all. I don't like that at all, man.
1: But it's mm-hmm. it's <clears throat> it's funny though, Davey, because uh, I don't know if you guys watch The Sopranos, but uh, mm-hmm. it, when Christopher was trying to be a music manager and he's in there. <laughs> uh playing the music for uh uh what's hesh and Mm -hmm. and hesh goes yeah he goes oh there it is he goes a hit is a hit and he Mm -hmm. goes there's just a certain rhythm to it and that's going to be a success what no matter what the lyrics are there's a certain you know a pattern to the music that it will be a hit no matter what
0: why are you going to make AI make that shit, though? You know, like, why do you got to take everything away from humans?
1: It's just, you know, it's just the I way. Hate just, it. I
0: hate it, dude. You ever well, hear all well, those it, fucking it, AI tracks from, like, Metallica and shit like that? Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's gross. It's yeah. not organic at all.
1: Yeah, but you but know, guaranteed what? you didn't, put that didn't out there. last, then. Davey, right? It didn't last.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah, we put that out there though. Like, if a company put that out there, people would think it was like a real band, right? Sure. But it's fucking gross.
1: Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying.
2: It's It's been going on for a long time. Like, you ever notice that a lot of the songs from the 50s and the early 60s were about two minutes and 44 seconds long?
3: Yep. Yep.
2: That's because that's they determined that that's a good length because people won't get bored. Okay. The other thing is, you ever notice a lot of those songs? I mean, obviously, still some songs, but. Most of the songs, like from the, uh, you know, we use an example, you could say like the Ronettes, you know, like Be My Baby, you know, or uh, any of those songs that were put out by Phil Spector being the producer, is they had that fade out. They they faded out. The song faded. It didn't really end. It just, because they determined that songs that fade out were more likely to get replayed on the jukebox.
1: Oh, because so you're, you're not sure if it ended or if... Yeah, and then you ran. want to hear it
2: again and again and again yeah. and turn into this loop thing. So that's why a lot of songs fade out because being, that way it's like... Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, dude, being a KISS fan, I know there's like a bunch of KISS songs that fade out.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: other bands that I really like, there's a bunch of songs that fade out, but uh, uh, where was I going with this? Um,
1: well, shit. while you're thinking, baby... Uh, one of the things I was thinking about when you said that scary is how on the radio, they speed up all the songs.
2: So mm-hmm. it,
1: it doesn't even sound the same for the most part. I mean, you get the general idea of the song, but when you play the song on the album, it sounds totally different than what you're hearing on the radio. Yeah. It's oh, a radio
2: that, Yeah, that
1: a brings radio. Me
0: back to uh, kiss again, where they did the, the double platinum uh, record and it was all their hits put into one compilation but all the songs were fucking sped up. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, like I mean, I can't G- stand those versions.
2: Gene Gene Simmons is like he's a businessman, you know. Like they'll put he's they'll also put Jewish. That... Oh, is he? Oh yeah, big
0: time, dude. His real name oh. is fucking his real name is Chaim Witz.
2: Oh okay. Well yeah, like, I mean they, Haifa. You buy you buy, a, you buy a, uh you can buy a kiss coffin. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Dimebag Daryl from Pantera
2: was buried in one. Wow, I didn't know one? that. Yeah, <coughs> yeah. There's, like I said in the in the in part one, I said there's 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 like three types of of, of musicians. There's people that get in it for purely the art of, of music, and they tend to be uh, studio musicians and not really big live performers. And then there's people who are in it purely for the money. And then there's the third type, which is it's a little bit of both. You know, and that's and that's all and- there is to it.
0: I always ask this question to a lot of people: like, do you think that selling your soul, quote unquote, is like sacrificing your integrity? Or do you think it has a bigger uh aspect where the actual people who are running the corporations or the record labels are doing satanic rituals and shit? So therefore you're actually not only sacrificing your integrity but you're actually giving them your fucking soul power, right? I
2: think it's, I think it's a little bit of both. What it is, yeah. it's, it's, it, it's just saying when you, it's, it's entering into a, a mostly symbolic, but I suppose there's a certain level of actual meaning to it. But what it's saying is that you are not going to be able to be yourself until you walk away from whatever agreement that you've uh, signed with these people. In other words, they'll give you the contract, you sign the contract. What it's really saying is that, is that they control you until you no longer benefit them either on your own accord or at their discretion. In other words, that they can cancel you whenever they want, or you can walk away. But if you walk away, then that's it. And then you get to be, then you can be yourself again. But as long as you're controlled by, as long as you're under contract, then you cannot be yourself. And this goes
0: back to what we were talking about earlier with the, you know, the people on YouTube who have like 5 million followers and shit, whatever. And uh, mm-hmm. they say no to the higher yeah. ups. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: They,
2: they I will don't need not them.
0: fucking side my soul over to you. Fuck you very much. Yeah,
2: Because they're living, a, they're living a comfortable life and they don't want to fly around on jets. They don't want to try. They would rather just stay home and make YouTube videos.
1: Well, that's like, that's like this guy up church that I follow. I mean, this ki- kid is from Tennessee and, you know, mm-hmm. local kid. He's got, uh, he just made his 20th album he's 30 years old, you know, he performs basically, you know, it's bus tours small around, you know, pretty much local or down South. Um, and that's it, but the kid's doing well, he's putting his money away and he just laughs at these record labels. Like they come at him all the time and he's like, he knows the game and he knows what's up and he's, he's been smart about it and, uh, and has avoided him, and you know, uh, one of his one of his songs is actually called "It Said Fuck It," and it's all about him, you know, just basically telling the record industry to go fuck themselves that he'll never sign with anybody.
2: Oh, it's a yeah, it's a dying, it's a dying industry, and people like that prove it. It's uh, their whole. It's like the last gasp. Those and, are the artists
0: uh, that I really fucking enjoy, though.
2: Yeah, me too. I mean, I don't keep up with a lot of music. I like what I like. But like I said, in part one, like most of the people that I listen to, uh, the bands that I discover, you know, I don't even know what these people look like. They don't even have like social media, like they're just on Bandcamp, or, you know, they just put, the, they're very anonymous types uh, of people. And this goes for, for multiple genres. And I've been listening to music for, you know, over 30 years now. I mean, I've been listening to music. I started buying my own albums when I was seven years old and I, I know what I like. And I know what other people like, and, you know, people have their, everybody comes to a, a point in their life where they realize that the music that they listen to, it, it just doesn't suit them anymore. And I, I'm at that point now where it's like once in a while, there's a, you know, there's a, a popular song. I'm like, oh, that's a good tune. But it's, it's usually because of the music. And then I look into who wrote it and, you know, there's ghostwriters. And I wanted to get into this uh, on part one, but we can get into it now is, do you guys remember the the new radicals? Do you yes. guys remember that? Yep, yep. Of all the okay, so they came out with that song, you know, you gotta I can't sing that song. It's just it's in a wrong kind of. You get uh, what
0: you op- give or whatever. Yeah, you get
2: what you give. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that that was a that was a one hit wonder. That was the only song that people remember from that band. They only it's released a great one song, too. <laughs> They only released that one album, okay, and then they disappeared. Okay, and then Joe Biden gets uh, elected, asterisk President, right, and um. Who plays his inauguration? <clears throat> they the do. Radi- yeah, yeah, I remember they came, that. Yeah. They came out for that. Okay, so I, I was like, why? What the hell is going on around here, right? So I looked into that, right? Well, the guy who wrote that song, okay, the, the guy with the beanie, the guy that sang that song, uh, dancing around that shopping mall, he, yep. he didn't go away, okay? That song, that, that group, the New Radicals, that was a project that he... That was all him he found people to play you know whatever for the but he wrote all that music he played all the instruments he just needed people to like pretend like it was a band okay okay so then what he went into is he went into ghostwriting in other words he's has written so many pop songs that you guys would all recognize from other artists okay so he is just one person uh of many who are ghostwriters in other words All these songs from from Beyonce and and Taylor Swift and Britney Spears, all these people that, you know, Christina Aguilera, all these people that we don't, you know, what's another one? Adele, all these people, they have ghostwriters and these people make a really good living. But once again, you're trusting people and then you have to look at it kind of like food. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I kind of try to watch what I eat and so forth. But music is poison, it can be poison or it can be medicine. And we just we blindly, you know, we go and get a hamburger at a fast food restaurant or something. We trust that it's not going to like make us sick, right? So when we listen to a song, we have that same amount of trust uh, in, in, invested, and we say, sure. is this song gonna is this song like gonna anything,
0: like anything we consume, right?
2: Right. So yeah. we we go to a restaurant, right? We go to a fancy restaurant, and we know the chef. You know, he's a famous chef, or something. He's Wolfgang Puck, or he's Gordon Ramsay. We're like, oh, is that the guy that's going to make our food? And you go, yeah, you know, that's why it's so expensive. Okay. You go and you listen to a song written by a ghostwriter, and you have no idea what this guy's intentions are, especially for children. You know, and it's like it's really spooky when we look at it like that and we think about how uh, these strangers are just pumping out music into the into the into the aether.
0: When they have like their own demons and whatnot, mm-hmm. right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's like you listen to songs that you thought were like harmless and catchy and then you go back and really listen to them or read the lyrics and you're like wow like that was a really dark song
0: for sure dude I've seen multiple fucking like, bands that I loved over the years you know and it's just like I, I can't do it anymore because uh, you know I learned so much more about the character who wrote mm-hmm. it and then it's like no nope, sorry dude
1: yeah and I'm with mm-hmm. that to a point but also, I, 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 I've I gotten to a point, too, where I separate the art from the artist, And, you know, with some of the songs, you know, I, I was a big Pearl Jam guy growing up um, back in the 90s. And uh, I could, couldn't disagree with them more on, you know, their views and everything. But I'll still listen to 10. Because it's not a gonna, good song, right? Yeah, I just I like the album, you know, I mean. Mm-hmm. it is what it is it's a time in my life that it brings me to that like we were talking about before you put on certain albums it brings you to a certain spot i like mm-hmm. that album you know where it, yeah. where it takes me and, and and i think that's cool that's
0: cool matt but at the same time it's like i think it's just being aware of it you know what i mean like i could still enjoy oh, a song by
1: a huge say, thing baby yeah
0: yeah it's just being aware of what you're listening to what you're taking in that's all
1: it doesn't like, necessarily I mean because, you have to
0: disconnect yourself completely with it.
1: Well, yeah, I, I mean, I laugh because my, my son has a playlist on my phone that we listen to when we're riding in the car and stuff. And it's, you know, some of it's my old, you know, 70s rock. Some of it's some newer stuff and some of it's some stuff that he asked me to download. And I'm like, where do you find this music? But anyway, if, I, if, if it's like I'm, if I can stomach it, I'll be like, OK, fine. But he had on there, and I i forgot about it, was uh, Old Town Road by uh, our, our good friend there. Uh, Nas? Yeah, Lil Nas X. And I was like, oh, we're deleting this one from the playlist because that one I can't, like, justify, period, you know, uh, or have him listen to it anymore, see that name any more than he needs to because it just it doesn't feel like it leads to anything good.
2: Right. But you guys know that you guys know the story about that song, right?
0: Uh, what the old town road?
2: Yeah. No, what sense? Okay, so, uh, well, in the sense of who actually like. Okay, so you guys know who Nine Inch Nails are, uh, Trent Reznor. Of course, yeah. I love them. Okay, so he put out. Yeah, I, I used to like. Well, I guess I still do. I mean, I, I'll listen to them still. But, uh, okay, so he put out an album, uh, and he made it Creative Commons. And it was all instrumentals. So Creative Commons license means that somebody could go ahead and take the the, the songs and sample them, but if it made money, then Trent Reznor would make money too. You, you guys, you know, you know what I mean. Like a co-writer. Uh, uh, was
0: this uh, his album Ghosts?
2: I think so. It was like Ghosts I, I, I
0: fucking loved it, man. <laughs> that
2: was okay, great. Okay, so if you go on. Uh, if you go on Spotify or iTunes or whatever, and you look it up, so there's this one song where it has that sample. It's the beginning of, of old town road, that plucking, that, that harmony. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So little Nas X was like an unknown guy. He just had like a YouTube channel. He was nobody. And he was working on some new songs and he came across that and he realized like, Oh, I can take any nine snails song from this album and I can use it as a sample. So he happened to pick, that that particular song—it's—they're all just numbers. There's no names. They're just numbered songs. I forget which number it is. Anyway, so he made that song. This is before uh, Miley Cyrus's dad, you know, uh, got involved. Whatever his name is, uh, Billy Ray. Billy Ray. Yeah, this is—that's actually a totally different song. His original "Old Town Road," he put out himself on his YouTube channel, and then somebody found it, and then they started playing it on the radio, and it was like—but it was a, it was very different. It wasn't like—but it didn't have Billy Ray on it. So. This actually makes
0: me wonder why he called it "ghosts."
2: Yeah. So Trent Reznor is a is a producer. He's a producer for that song, and he is a he gets the songwriting credits because of uh, the fact that he wrote the music technically. Because when they brought even when they brought in Billy Ray and stuff, they were still uh, using the same chord progression. It was based off of that original sample. So Trent Reznor is the only person who's won an award for industrial music and hip hop. Because when they had the uh, Grammys, he, he gotcha. won Grammys. Yeah, that's crazy, and he, man. And he gets a very substantial uh, amount of money from the royalties for that song. So that's the, uh, that's the connection there. That's the, that's the little Nas X, Nine Nails connection. <laughs> Love it.
1: What a wicked yeah. web they weave.
2: But I don't think that it was like that. It was like, it was just that he happened to, to go that way. I think that he could have stayed, he could have become a, a, a country music artist. If he had wanted to, uh, he could have stayed independent. I just, I think they came at him with like those offers that we talked about, like before. You know, like here, sign the contract. And I think he just he signed the contract. Well, he's and pushing said, that agenda. Yeah, and they said, okay, well, you signed the contract, so now you got to dress up like a woman, and you got to pretend you're a demon. You got to uh... that. You know what the weirdest one was was when they made him look like he was pregnant. That's that. That was like the. That was like the. That was, like that was super thing.
0: fucking oddball, dude.
2: And then they're like pushing that whole thing with the uh, the emojis now. Like there's going to be a pregnant man emoji. And it's like, what are they preparing us for? You know, like, are they really, like, are they literally going to figure out how to like make like an artificial womb so that quote unquote males like can have, uh, you know, a, a live, I, what are they, like, what are they going to be up to for the next 10, 15 I 10 years? I wouldn't fucking
0: doubt what you just said, man. It's all transhumanism. It's like, yeah. Everything goes back goes to uh, transhumanism. You know
2: what I mean? Oh, look at Gary! Look at Gary Newman. You know, you want to talk about trans? The beginning of like music having. A oh role, yeah, and yeah, like remember when he came on and he was like pretending he was a damn robot? Yep. You know, and uh, look what, what? And I like I like Kraftwerk, but look at Kraftwerk. You know, it's like they like act like they're robots too, and they were doing that in the in the eighties too.
0: Electric
2: cafe, yeah. And now that I think about it, there was a lot of that stuff going on in the 80s with the whole robotic thing. Like, um, what was that? Mr. Roboto, yep, yeah, from Sticks, and then uh, you know, uh, just all that kind of like merging of the like, and I'm a I'm a fan of electronic music, like I, I make electronic music, and uh, but it's just that man and machine that merging of the thing, and then we think about like the very first uh was that movie metropolis that uh, 1920s yeah yeah and the the, the the chick had like an upside down uh, pentagram yep uh you know and that whole thing and it's just like you know i just i think that the signs have always been there and it's just now with the internet and all this research we can do we can like finally put all the pieces together and it just it paints a really grim picture and i think that that's actually what turns a lot of people off from it and they're just like I don't even want to believe this like yeah the yeah. evidence is, uh, i just i i can't deal with it you know I, i'm with what you I- Stary,
1: and and i think they, they there's two things right there's the internet so things don't go away anymore everything's permanent now mm-hmm. and and we had an abundance of time to dig mm-hmm. right and and what happened is everyone started finding these inconsistencies that previously we kind of accepted as generally the story because we Mm -hmm. didn't know any better. And and we didn't have the time to even look at any alternatives. Now, when presented with the option to look at alternatives, now you start exposing some holes in the story or just pulling back that curtain and exposing the fraud that they're presenting to you. You know, Like the music industry is one giant fraud. I mean, these people aren't what they're presented to be. I mean, it, it's just a, it, the whole system is uh, fraudulent.
2: And I I and I, I compromised. Get with, yeah, it's definitely it's been compromised. It's like compromised basically from day one. But like I said, we look at the nature of music, and it's like, why did they have to take something that's so pure and so innocent? It's just sound. It's just frequencies. It's just it's just no. It's like the most, and like that's so. It's, it, for lack of a better word, it's just it's so satanic to take something that's so innocent and then use it to push an agenda that has absolutely nothing to do with the music. Well, it's scary if, more, we,
1: if we look at mm-hmm. frequency also, I mean, music was meant to heal. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they've poisoned that and, and, and turned it into something that turns uh, uh, chaotic. Right. And that well, was the yeah. way the mm-hmm. German, you know, that was the German experiments that they were doing.
2: Yeah, but I mean, we still have access to that healing music. It's just that the bad music is a distraction. It's like we can just eliminate that and just purge it from our lives and just find healing music that's made by just rational, non-satanic people now. Because yeah, but we have how dinner.
1: many, uh, honestly, scary though, how many normies have any understanding of anything we're talking about right now? They probably
0: not- all think we're fucking shit fucking crazy and belong in a mental asylum right now so let's get real yeah of it. well
2: you know like good you know like i i don't really care you know like i'm not either do i when somebody calls me uh when somebody insults me especially for my music case it's like you know like so what i'm what i'm saying is we know we know what's right and we we can um we can eliminate that stuff but we're still kind of drawn to it a little bit because of our previous programming like we we don't wanna let go because we think that, well, we can handle it, we can, and it's like, it's true. But the point is, is it's never gonna really go away because they always, they just, they have this thing where they want to infiltrate and, and take over every positive thing. And we see that even with Christian music, we know that a lot of those people are frauds and charlatans and they're just using it to make money. And uh, take advantage of people. We see that with patriotic music, uh, people that come out as you know pro-America. It turns out it was all an act just to make money. Like I don't know if you guys heard about that uh, Black Rifle uh, Coffee Company. Yes. you guys hear about that? I've heard. And it that. was all it was all a scam. The guys running it they were leftists, and they were taking advantage of the whole MAGA and based and red pilled uh, phenomena, and they were trying to sell coffee, and it, it was all just going. To the donations and everything, uh, it, it was literally just like a wolf in sheep's clothing up and down. I mean, the guy ended That's up. Say, people found out that the guy was literally a cuckold. Like he was like an like a literal uh, cuckold. Like he was he into actually that liked lifestyle. to watch twelve-inch
0: yeah. black cocks going to his wife.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what the I don't know what the racial preference was, but he was definitely into that that swinger, uh, hot wife, cuckold lifestyle. And it's like you see how easy it is to do that. In other words, I could be like, um I could be like, what's his name? Uh, the guy on YouTube. He's really popular, like uh saltine cracker or something like that. And salty, he, like, makes,
0: salty cracker, yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh salt's uh salt cracker. Like he goes on there and like his whole thing is like own the lids, own the lids. Oh, I'm owning the lids. Oh, it's so fun. That's low-hanging fruit. And you see that in the music now. And I, I just I predict this huge market where people can just come out of nowhere and say, Oh yeah, like I hate those damn liberals, but how do we really know what the hell their what their agenda is? You know, like it's, it's just, it's really fucked up because people can take something that's supposed to awaken people and they can become gatekeepers and say, Oh no, you know, no further than that with the music. Like we can't say that. And like I said, I keep bringing them up is look into why you don't hear about, um, KRS-One and Professor Griff, Immortal Technique, yeah, Immortal te- yeah, Technique,
0: yeah, especially the Immortal
2: mm-hmm. Technique, yeah. You know, and then uh, Deltron. Mhm. And you know, you see where their politics are, uh, and then like uh, Matt mentioned, uh, 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 Chuck D. Well, look up, look up what Flavor Flav is is all about. You know, he, uh, like I said, he was a Trump supporter and all that. And they had a, they had a falling out because of it. And, uh, you know, you just, you see who, who's really running the show. And it's like, oh, I don't... All I
0: know is that he looks like a, a skeleton wrapped in electrical tape. Who's that? Flavor Flav.
2: Oh, I haven't seen him lately. Is he not looking too good these days?
0: <laughs> I was just saying, like, on a celebrity roast that I watched, somebody mm-hmm. said, Man, you look like a skeleton wrapped in electrical tape.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, and the thing too is, I could think about a few other artists who who've who've kind of disappeared, and it's like they didn't disappear; they're still making music. They're just not supported by the machine anymore. Yeah, that's the thing
0: too. Like, I pay attention to like my some of my favorite artists that are not in the spotlight anymore, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like like today, for instance, there's this uh, band in um, Canada, they're from Canada, called Spoons, right? Mm-hmm. And they always play like the same few songs that they're, like, they're big hits, right? And this one of my favorite songs came on the radio and I told my dad, I'm like, oh yeah, these guys just came up with a new album. He's, he's like, no way, they're still around? Mm-hmm. You know? But it's like, yeah, dude, if they put out a new album like a couple years ago and it's pretty fucking good, but they never played on the radio
2: yeah yeah and there's only so much room on the radio you know and like the radio thing i mean i i don't even know if radio is going to be around i mean they keep they keep it around for for whatever reason but i mean most people i know they have that satellite radio or they only listen to uh, to internet you know playlists and podcasts and stuff like that like as far as fm and am radio i mean you guys remember when am radio was actually where they played the music
1: well yeah bluetooth is killing it Right, Bluetooth killed the radio because now everything hooks up to your phone. So you can, you can yeah. listen to anything on your phone now.
0: <clears throat> that also reminds me about uh, what you said, Bluetooth killed the radio. So that reminds me of another band, uh, which was the Buggles that did Video Kill the Radio Star. Yeah. They actually did like three albums and all their fucking music is amazing, but they mm-hmm. still just play that one fucking song on the radio all the time.
1: Yep. Mm -hmm. you guys remember
0: i I can't stand that shit dude it's like dude this song that you put on the radio that the the label paid you to play is not their best material that always drove me nuts as a music consumer
2: you guys yeah exactly and you guys remember chumbawamba
0: yes they were like a punk band before that song
2: tub Thumba. well Yeah, well, the thing with them was is, uh, you guys ever heard of Crass? No. Okay, so Crass was a British uh, punk rock band, and they started in, uh, I think 75, technically 75, 76, and they were actually they were a British anarchist collective, and there was technically like 30 something members of Crass. And so Crass was run by this, the, the main guy was this guy named Steve Ignorant. And so Steve Ignorant and there was some there were some females in Crass as well, and they all lived in this like uh, old like warehouse or something. They were squatting in in England, and they never sold out. They didn't sell out in the seventies. They didn't sell it in the eighties, and they were. Why do I enter-
0: why do I feel like this is going towards the Sex Pistols?
2: No, no, I wasn't going to mention the Sex Pistols. Okay, but, okay. So then we flash forward to the nineties, and Steve, ignorant, he's like a pretty smart guy and stuff, and he had a bunch of other. Uh, bands and stuff like that besides Crass but Crass was always like a collective Crass was always like basically like a club but they put out music like
0: like Gogol Bordello
2: Uh, was he connected to that or are you saying it's like that
0: like that because like Gogol Uh, Bordello is like Gypsy Punk and they got like a shitload Uh, of members
2: yeah I guess in that sense uh, the Crass was like as far as musical genre wise it was basically just uh, very straightforward just you know anarchist punk uh, you can look it up anyways the point is that steve ignorant he goes he gets like a really good idea and he goes i'm gonna start a band that the whole point is to create a one-hit wonder so gotcha, they man. they they made they made um that sock t- uh, tub thumping yeah. and the whole the whole point was to make money and then give the money to anarchist uh collectives really yeah like they did a car convert they sold it to they were just selling out left and right so they that's did it for a car. Cool. Actually, they did it for yeah. It was pretty. It was a pretty genius move. So what they did was they made um they made it like a million dollars alone off of a car commercial, for like Hyundai or you know some big car manufacturer, and then they took that money and then they gave it to an organization in Great Britain that's trying to get rid of cars. So it's like mm-hmm. they were just they were not who, and then so they got to play at the. Uh, the Grammys, I think it was. And then they revealed their true power level. So they came Holy on and it ch- was like, oh, yeah. it's, 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 and then they came out and they just were like anarchy and they just made it all political. And then they
0: made it to the Grammys. Yeah.
2: And then it made it and they couldn't cut it because it was the Grammys. So everybody saw and then they, and then they disappeared. And that was their big like reveal. It was like the big fuck you. Yep. And I actually, even though they're technically like, they're not really, but they're not liberal. See, they weren't like pushing this, main sh- they're, they're <coughs> anarchists and i right. don't really typ- typically align with that type of stuff unless it's sheer um individual anarchism in other words i know christians who are anarchists they don't believe in the government they put you know god above the government so there is there's anarchist sure. christians there's right leaning anarchists you know um but the point is is that um that's what you're dealing with and it's the and unfortunately it's always the opposite it's people trying to be wholesome and family friendly and in reality, they are nothing. They are just, they are the complete inversion. And what do you see in Satanism and Luciferianism and the left-hand path? Inversion, exactly. Absolute. Inversion. And Absolute. That's, I,
0: I think that's a good way to wrap this up because we're fucking pretty mm-hmm. uh, into it. And uh, But we can definitely get another one going after this.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this and just Pat's means we've got to for part five, three. So. so that's all. That's just Maddie's, from- Maddie's got to get up for five, so. Oh yeah, I gotta, yep. I gotta, I gotta. I gotta ride with the Roosters tomorrow, so. Uh, yeah, uh, Davey, where can we find your stuff? I'm sh- you can
0: find me at Red Pill Cartel Podcast on Instagram, and my link for all platforms is in my bio. Very easy to just click your finger on that shit and send me a review on Apple if you can and spotify uh, and spotify and uh, uh yeah that's it
1: <clears throat> and thank you again my friends and uh old scary where can we find you
2: uh you can find me on instagram at MudFudMemes memes or old scary world same account on youtube at old scary world and you can buy merch at
1: oldscaryworld.com excellent Thank you again, guys. You can find mm-hmm. all my stuff at, uh, I, I'm on Instagram, heavily shadow banned, but you can find me, The Great Deception Podcast. Uh, I have a YouTube, Odyssey Bit Shoot. Uh, you can go check those out as well. I'm on uh, Alt Media United. And uh, guys, this has been great. And uh, prepare for uh, number three. It's coming. Round three. Fight. Yes. All right. Have a good one.
3: Thank you very much for listening once again to the Red Pill Cartel. This is Nigel Bigold speaking.
0: Nigel, get over it, man. They know who you are.
3: I know, Davey, I know. I just love the way it sounds. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I got it, dude. Don't worry. Keep, keep doing your thing. And don't forget to run the ad for Owl Creek Coffee.
3: Oh, I know. I love the, the uh, Owl Creek Coffee. You know what I'm saying? Folks, if you go to owlcreekcoffee.com, Links are in the show notes for it. You can get some great, great coffee for you and your loved ones. And there are many different blends at ourcreekcoffee.com. You can get 15% off if you put in the promo code CARTEL15. That's C-A-R-T-E-L-1-5. To get your 15% off of this great, great new coffee. And also... This business is run by a good friend of ours, Joshua Kotlev, and he is going to come on next episode of Red Pill Cartel. And all of the proceeds that are sold, 10% goes to people who have a Duchenne muscular dystrophy, so this is good for cuz, good for cuz. Please pick up some Owl Creek coffee, okay? And make sure you put in that promo code, Cartel15. Really hope you enjoyed that episode, Cartel. Uh, this is going to be a good series we are going to put out. And uh, Davey, what do you think? You, you, you still have much more to talk about about music? Of course. You know me, I'm a music guy, dude. Very good, very good. Also... You can go in the show notes and find the GoFundMe link for Alexandra for the uh, very large hospital bill. Very large hospital bills. So, support Ken and Alexandra and her family. And please donate to that good cause as well, okay? Okay, I will see you next episode, cartel.